You're listening to a 10 Minutes on Tuesday podcast for Propel. I'm your host, James Haken from Elliot's. Thank you for downloading and enjoy. So we're here at Sticks and Sushi in Covent Garden and I'm with uh, Andreas, who's the UKMD. Hi, Andreas. Good morning. And uh, do you maybe want to start off just to, I suppose, for those people that may not have heard of Sticks and Sushi or well, there's not many of them now, but uh, for those people that may not be aware of the brand, do you want to talk a little bit about what Sticks and Sushi is, the history concept and I suppose the overarching piece there? Yeah, sure. Well, Sticks and Sushi is a Japanese restaurant. It's, it's not chopsticks and sushi. It's actually yakitori and sushi. So it's a combination of the two Japanese kitchens. Um, and ultimately started in Copenhagen in 1994 by... Uh, two brothers and a brother-in-law, so it's a true family business. Um, one of the brothers had been to Japan uh, for eight years uh, as a yakitori chef, and he came home and uh, convinced his brother and, and brother-in-law to, to, to join him to open up the first restaurant. Um, and uh, the name Sticks and Sushi came out of an accident when they were thinking about what are we going to call the restaurant. And, and they said, um, let's call it Sticks and Sushi because stick in, in, in Danish is a skewer, so that represents the yakitori sticks. So uh, let's call it Sticks and Sushi, we can always change it later. And 21 years later, it's still called Sticks and Sushi, and, and uh, uh, there is no further considerations about changing that. Um, and uh, they successfully opened in '94, um, grow the business steady, uh, made some money, invested some money, uh, and they grown the, the, the Danish business up to uh, around 2012 by nine units, and, and at a very early stage, the founders uh, had a vision about taking the concept out of Denmark and out of Copenhagen, uh, and London had always been one of the, the, the aims and, and, and the, the place where they wanted to be. So it was an early dream that started in, in, in the late 90s and, and it took them uh, a good 12, 15 years before they, uh, they managed to open up the first restaurant in, in, in London. So um, that is really the background of, of where, where it all started. Uh, and uh, in 2012, they, they succeeded with opening up the first restaurant in, in Wimbledon. Do you maybe want to talk a little bit about how you transitioned the concept into the UK and the kind of thought process in terms of taking something that worked somewhere else internationally here and what you had to do in terms of your UK experience but also experience of working in Denmark in those restaurants? The, the, the good thing before I, I, I joined the business was that um, Kim, uh, our CEO and, and co-founder, had already started the process about uh, aligning the organization in Denmark. So at an early stage, he, he kind of converted the common language at meetings and, and, and accounts and various other things into English. So he, he kind of furnished the organization well and, and made everybody understand that we have the, the, the desire and the passion to, to take sticks and sushi abroad. And by doing that, then when you then start the real process, the organization is aligned and, and whatever little you contribute to that, you, you, you have contributed to the growth internationally. So, so, so that was really a, a great move, or it's the fundamentals of, of the business by, by, by doing just that. Um, and that helped us a great deal. Then, being Danish and, and um, um, you know, the Danish sense of humor that, that they use in, in the communication, the big question was, were we going to tell 
the, 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 the English market that we are Danes and we are going to open up a Japanese restaurant. And, and what is this kind of schizophrenic approach to, to penetrating a market and, and how would the, 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 the Brits uh, take it? And, and we, we, we said to ourselves that, you know what, we are Danish and we are, we are proud of it, but we are serving Japanese food and we have the heritage with two, the two brothers are half Japanese. So um, the, the mother is, is from Tokyo and the father is from the west coast of, of Denmark. So a fisherman and a Japanese uh, wife, perfect combination. They know fish, so uh, a Japanese restaurant is, is what we're going to do. I suppose if we can move on to, I suppose, your background and how you came to be doing what you're doing. I mean, the, uh, I know you obviously spent some time with Wagamama, and uh, in your career, what have been some of the highlights? Uh, well, the highlights was to, to jump on a plane in 1994 with a rucksack planning to stay in London for three months and then go back to Stockholm. Uh, but that plan kind of ended rather quick, and I'm, I'm, I'm still here in in the UK after 21 years. Um, standing in the queue at Wagamama in 1994 in Stratton Street, thinking this is a pretty cool place. Um, uh, I could see myself working here because back then uh, non-smoking restaurants were not existing. Um, a long queue um, outside a restaurant didn't exist in, in that degree. So I thought a busy place like this with no, no smoking must be a good place to, to work. And I, I was lucky enough to land myself a job before Wagamama opened a second restaurant in, in Soho, in Lexington Street. Uh, and my journey with Wagamama in the early years with, with, with the founder, Alan, uh, and later on with, at, uh, with Ian Neal at the helm, uh, was one of the best journeys you ever can have. Um, they really, truly believed in, in uh, investing in uh, people with the, with, the, with the right attitude who wanted to work hard and, and, and do the best and, and I'm one of the examples of, of someone who went on a fantastic journey with them, um, working with, with, the, with the early franchisees that we took on and were involved with the openings there, then later on moving into working solely with international expansion and that point uh, of time it was very entrepreneurial, uh, it was very much uh, the connection with the, with the potential partner that, that that was with kind of the, the, the tipping point to to do business with them, and uh, opening restaurants from from Auckland to 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 Copenhagen, uh, it's many many highlights, many many highlights. But I'm, I'm, I had had my fantastic years there, absolutely phenomenal. So uh, uh, highly appreciate the, the chance I had with them, and, and uh, helped me a lot. Now what about I do now? So uh, good journey. That's great. And in that whole time, what do you think you've learned around what makes a restaurant successful? Well, I, I, daily execution. Uh, if, if your operation, whatever you do, is not of high quality every single day of the week, every week of the year, uh, and, and, and to make money in this business, you need to do it year in, year out, because of the substantial investment you're making when you open a restaurant, um, that really comes down to if you're going to be successful or not. You, you, cannot, you cannot just fill your restaurant for a week or two when you open and you think you made it. No, 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 that's not what it's about. It's about absolute daily execution at the highest level. And, and that goes for anyone who is, who is providing a, a, a hospitality service or, or whatever kind. So I, I guess that's my, 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 simple, uh, my simple recipe to success. 
it's obviously the sector's in a real buoyant place at the moment, and we're, we're hearing a lot about success and growth, but there's clearly challenges as well. One of the challenges that I think I hear quite a bit is around the employment and finding really talented people. How are you finding that scenario, and what other challenges are you facing? Yeah, it's, it's spot on. You know, if you don't have the people to execute every day well, uh, you, won't, you won't have a business. Um, for us in the beginning, then we were totally unknown. Um, we managed to, to attract some, some really, really good people to join our business. And as you go, go through the, the first tough year or years, uh, you, you, will, you will build your ambassador base within your restaurant and if you are working well with your, with your teams they will help you a great deal to introduce uh, more good people to your business and, and we have a saying that you know, attitude trumps talent so if you get the, the, the staff to join you with the right attitude uh, then, then you're halfway there and then it's, it's about working well with them and, and, and uh, you know, ensuring that you scratch your staff's back, and, and ultimately they will scratch your back. So it's 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 a good working uh, environment you're creating for them, and, and and they will they will go the extra mile for you, and, and if you go the extra extra mile for for your staff. So uh, it, it is it is challenging, but you know it's one of those things we're all in it, so we just need to be good at it. I think we've obviously discussed this before, but. In my experience of your venues in Copenhagen and here in London, I think you have really excelled at that piece. And we talked about the idea that for you it's about really being accessible in your position. And that's relatively easy to look four or five sites. But as you grow, that becomes less easy. I mean, this morning I've seen you shake lots of your staff's hand when they walked in. That wasn't a prompt. That was a, just something that they did. How do you think you're going to be able to keep that culture moving forward? Uh, as long as I don't spend too much time in, in my little back office, then, then I hope I can hold on to that. But I, I guess it's the behavior from me that then will spread down to, to anyone else who works uh, supporting the restaurant, that they are very much out there because, you know, you, you've got to clone yourself in, to a certain degree and, and, and this, this, this penetrates through the whole business both in Copenhagen and here that we, we, we always greet each other and we always say goodbye to each other when, when, we, when we leave the office or we leave the restaurant um, and, and when, when that behaviour is there uh, from, from the beginning um, that, will, that will hopefully help us maintaining a, you know, the, what we call the good family values running uh, a restaurant business. Um, so, uh, you know, my colleagues here, they do the same. So it's not only me who's doing it. Um, and hopefully that will, that will uh, help us continue being successful. Great. I think to finish off, it would be great to think outside of, of your own world into, the, I suppose, the competitive landscape. I suppose one thing that we hear over and over is that London's ruling the roost and there's lots happening in London constantly. On that basis, who do you look to for inspiration? Who do you think is doing something really great? Um, I, I, you know, I, I like I like where you get the feeling that it's genuine. Um, in, in in terms of that, the, the the team who is working in a in a in a place truly enjoy being there, and a place where I haven't been disappointed in uh, at all at any time is the shoe. I, I feel that they do a great job. I, I think the the staff's attitude. Is, is fantastic, it's genuine. Um, the, the, the place where, the way they build the restaurant, the ambience they create, it is, it's exceptional. I, I, I truly like 
truly like and respect what the Shum is, is, is doing. Um, then, then it's, it's always harder the, as, you, as you grow, uh, but, but I can see if they maintain that, they, they, can, they can go very far with, 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 with what they do, both in London and beyond internationally. It's, it's, I truly respect what they are doing. Um, that's, that's one of, one of my kind of uh, top of my head uh, answers to, to that question. Uh, I, I, like, I like, you know, simple places where it's, you know, this is what we do. Flat iron is a good example of, 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 of a place where we do this and we do it really well. And, and again there, never been disappointed in, in the engagement of, of the team when you, when you visit them. Uh, phenomenal. That's great. I think that's probably all we've got time for. But thank you so much for your time. It's been really good to talk. Thank you. Bye-bye.